0: a new inspirational and motivational broadcast that strives to empower, educate, and inspire men in a positive way. Please join me in welcoming Gunter Swoboda, international psychologist, author, speaker, and producer. Welcome everybody to another episode of Inspire Change. I made a decision the other day and I decided I was going to spend this particular episode talking about peace and What it is. Now, partly this was sparked off by a client. And as he and I were sitting in the session together, working on some of the issues that he was confronting, he suddenly stopped and he looked at me quite intensely. And he said, You know, I'd like just to get a sense of peace. And I was intrigued by that because most of the time, most people ask me, you know, about being happy, you know, how do I achieve happiness? And, you know, that in and of itself uh, is, is an interesting discussion. And we've had a couple of episodes in the podcast where I talked about this issue about happiness, but it's not often that I get somebody who says to me, I just want to have some peace. So I decided that I'd do what I usually do, and that is to try and get a sense what this person actually meant by the word peace. And so I said to him, well, that's an interesting observation. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you want under that heading of peace? And he looked at me for a moment and he went, I don't know, I don't know. It's just that I've I've constantly got this sense of having to be on the go and when I am, it, I never quite feel satisfied. And so I thought, well, that's really, really interesting because he's actually in touch with something very, very important. Okay. So in today's podcast, I'm actually going to talk about the notion of peace and I'm going to come at it from a couple of angles, okay? So I'm going to take it up from what I felt and what my client and I, while well, eventually, were talking about, which is that notion of inner peace. You know, some people refer to it as contentment. Some people might even put it under the heading of satisfaction, all right? But I want to unpack that a little bit more broadly and actually look at what we are talking about from a psychological, so psychotherapeutic point of view about peace, inner peace. But the other thing that I want to draw in is this whole notion of social peace. And it was really interesting because as I often do is when I've got a sort of topic that I want to explore I'll just go to Google and I'll just throw the keywords into it. This in this case it was simply peace. And sure enough, um Wikipedia in all its brilliance and sometimes inaccuracies popped up with its entry on peace. And it too talked about essentially you know two types of peace. Um that whole idea of psychological piece, as they put it. And then the other part, which is about the concept of a societal friendship and harmony in the absence of hostility and violence. So using that little framework, I think I'm going to take it up from there and talk about my view And firstly, I'm going to start off with that whole notion of inner peace. Now, as a trained psychotherapist, one of the things that we look at in someone's psychological presentation is, you know, the notion of fragmentation of the self. Okay. So there's, you know, in Gestalt therapy, for example, the idea is that we're born whole and through socialization, our personality, our self becomes fragmented and it fragments in a number of different ways. And part of therapy is to focus on integrating that more. Now, Jung, Carl Jung also talks about this idea of integration, um, but he talks about you know, the persona, he talks about the shadow. So there's a whole range of concepts. Now, I'm friendly towards Jungian psychoanalysis, although my big issue with it is it's a fantastic metaphor in some ways, but it's not scientifically verifiable, for example. And similarly, some of that criticism can be laid at the door for example, of most psychotherapies, most dynamic psychotherapies, okay? But we're getting better at it. And for instance, in attachment theory, we both have the scientific evidence for it um, through a whole range of very sophisticated technological uh, examinations and, and the results that we get from that. And it supports a lot of the sort of knowledge base or what we used to think of as only theories um, that have now some empirical evidence. Attachment is one of them and the process of attachment. So let me start off with what I think is is a particularly useful framework in that whole notion of fragmentation. Okay, so why is it that some of us have less inner peace than others? we can put that into a number of categories. And in Gestalt therapy, one of the ones that we talk about is the notion of unfinished business. In other words, I, I'm gonna talk from my perspective. I have some unfinished business, and that means that I've got, I've got a, a lack of ability to gain closure on some of the issues. That might be about my relationship with my mother or my father, or it may be to do with some unfinished business in the relationship. But again, the notion of closure is important here. So if I'm going to resolve that fragmentation at that level, I need to pick out my unfinished business and I need to sit down and I need to look at how I'm going to finish this off. You know, one of the things I'm very particularly aware of, both in myself, but I'm also in my clients, is that Unfinished business can often come back to bite us. Sometimes it's conscious, but a lot of times it's actually an unconscious process. In other words, it's outside of our state of awareness. And as I've spoken before, you know, especially, you know, in most dynamic therapies, awareness, self-awareness is actually a fundamental cornerstone in self-understanding and being able to process, you know, what I need to process and therefore gain a greater sense of emotional maturity and ultimately integration. Okay, so that's unfinished business. The second one is that, you know, we are truly talking about a fragmentation of self. Um, But in that process, it's often also about denial of self or aspects of self. You know, so I could, you know, in Gestalt, we talk about split parts. Uh, and some of you might be going, oh, are we talking about multiple personality? Uh, personalities in someone's psychological frame. And, you know, it's possible, you know, probably it's possible, okay? Now, multiple personalities aren't that common. They're usually definitely a, a, a product of some severe trauma, okay? Now, I'll give you a very simple example of something less severe, and that is people who are always really, 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 really friendly. Well, you can put money on it that somewhere along the line, they're sitting on a pot of resentment or anger or, in fact, rage, okay? But they're not in touch with it. And somewhere along the line, that potential resentment rage is going to burst through and it often catches the person experiencing this completely by surprise uh, and you know at that point it's often a little bit too late because the horse has bolted it quite literally you know has has escaped into the paddock and then you know requires some fairly serious reparation okay now the other aspect is you know the the the, the sort of you know either or like i'm either a good person or i'm a bad person so we're talking about winning losing um, sometimes conflict of values but also about top dog underdog okay so you know in freudian terms it's it's the struggle between the superego and the id in other words the the primitive self of the id you know impulse driven needing immediate gratification and the superego, which is basically going, oh, you're being very naughty here, you know. It's the it's the moral override of the sort of you know in Eric Burns transactional language. It's the critical parent over the wounded child, but we do all have, in a sense, representationally that idea of you know the the parent in my psych, you know, in my psychic structure, the adult and the child, and the real conflict often you know, occurs between the needs of the child and the demands, the expectations and values of the parent. So, you know, if the child crosses the the parent, you know, there's a great state of anxiety. And that's one of the key issues about this whole thing is that um, fragmentation leads to anxiety. In the old language of psychoanalysis, we're talking about fundamentally neurosis. So polarities also are a part of this process of fragmentation. So extremes, you know, the good self versus the bad self or the compassionate versus the selfish, you know, and it's trying to find a middle path with that. And so a lot of work often in therapy is to reconcile the fragmentation of myself into a more whole, into a greater whole. Part of that means letting go of judgments. Now, that's really, really important. Now, why is that important? Well, and here's the link, because if I am not at peace in myself, the chances are that I'm going to have a very, very difficult experience in my relationships with others, and we sort of project this onto um, my environment, okay? So... You know, if we look at people like Adolf Hitler, uh, Adolf Hitler was not at peace in himself. This is a man with a deeply, deeply disturbed psyche, completely fragmented uh, with a deep-seated rage. And, you know, given the opportunity which he got, he projected that rage onto the world. And so we had World War II. Okay? Now, there's probably lots of examples, lots more examples of how that works in probably a less dramatic way. Um, so I won't go any further into the whole Adolf Hitler story, but you know, I want you to really appreciate the link to the notion of social peace. Now, uh, if I come back to that idea that it's about societal friendship and harmony, you know, how can I be harmonious with someone else or in another context when I'm not in a harmonious, well aligned relationship in myself? It doesn't make any real sense. Now, I think the question we need to ask at this point in terms of social peace is it simply the absence of war? Now, my argument is that that's not the case. I think a healthy society that is at peace will have recogn, recognized the fragmentation within it and the path to reconciling and beginning to integrate that internal fragmentation. In other words, we become more inclusive all those, us of all those aspects that we sort of you know try to either disown or to push aside or to not even acknowledge, to deny. You know, uh, if, if, for example, as an individual, I have an addiction, which means that my somewhere my attachment needs haven't been met, so I'm a very dependent person, but I pretend not to be, and I ultimately, in order to resolve my anxiety, resort to something like alcohol, to sedate myself, you know, to feel okay, even if it's only temporary, you know, we we have a dynamic here that obviously begins to highlight, um, emotional, psychological, uh, dis ease. This is where the uh, idea of dis ease is actually really really important. So inner peace and social peace need to connect, and it's not just simply because, you know, there's no tension, there's no war going on. It's more than that. Okay, in my view, the whole issue in terms of social peace is firstly, how well do we deal with the conflicts between the fragments in our society? Do we push them further apart or would do we look to integrate them? Do we look to include those who on the surface don't appear to fit? So we don't want necessarily a society that has um, this internal state of anxiety. And at the moment, in in many countries, there's this persistent increasing level of tension between all these polarities, these um, fragments of the culture floating around with not really a process to bind them together. This is where, you know, if we're going to be healthy individually, that's when we can start to look at how to make the society healthy. But right now, we're really, really struggling with that. And, you know, again, you know, if you want a healthy relationship, you need to firstly, you know, fix the relationship with yourself. Because under pressure, if that relationship with self is not reconciled, it's not integrated, then we cannot feel comfortable within the society, even when that society fundamentally is um, fragmented itself. Because ultimately when it boils down to it is if I have a sense of inner peace, no matter what happens outside of me, I'm not likely to be rocked to the core and act out with hostility, with aggression, with violence. I just don't allow myself to get there. And I think this is a particularly important message to men at a time when the whole notion of masculinity has also been fragmented, where it's really confusing for everybody who is male and even for women who are looking towards men and and trying to understand men, what that really means. It certainly doesn't mean hypermasculinity. Most men that I've worked with who've tried to resolve their inner conflict of a lack of sense of self-worth, a lack of purpose, and so on by becoming hypermasculine are not at peace. Recently, a uh, a dating guru guru uh, killed himself. Now he was a huge promoter of men's sort of well-being and the capacity to be confident. And to put your demons at rest by being, you know, a a dominant alpha male um, who has great success with women and, you know, who's generally, you know, a presence, a leader. If that was truly part of his core being, he would not have, in my view, committed suicide. Suicide is the, you know, I want to to cease to exist the way that I am. And unfortunately, people who get into that space take their life rather than going, maybe all I need to do is psychologically put the person that I am currently working around to rest and become anew. It's a phoenix from the ashes scenario. So there's some real food for thought in that and particularly I want everybody to reflect on am I at peace in myself, the psychological peace? You know, how do I think and what do my emotions reflect? And I think that the other part of it is, you know, the idea of do I act into the world with peaceful behavior? Do I have an inner Connection where I can stay calm and collected in the face of adversity? Or do I get drawn into the addiction of aggression and rage? So on that note, I'm going to finish. And I will hopefully have you as my company next week for another topic on inspiring change. Gunter Swoboda does individual and group coaching for men looking to grow. For more information on this and the global Making Good Men Great movement, check out goodmengreat.com. If you have a topic for the show or would like to be a guest on the air, please email miranda at nortainment.com. That's M I R A N D A at n o i r t a i n m e n t.com. Thank you and always keep inspiring change.